Welcome to another episode of the Global's podcast series. And the next speaker is going to talk about how to do that. Thilo Bono is the founder and CEO of Piabo. He's an investor, tech PR expert, and entrepreneur. And he will explain to us how to navigate to the different media markets and set up a communication strategy. Please, Thilo. Yeah, welcome everybody. Very nice uh, to be here. Thank you very much for the invitation and having me. Um, just to give you a little bit uh, background who we are, Piabot is the leading communications company here for Germany, Austria, Switzerland and the rest of Europe. We help many tech companies all over the world to raise their awareness, get the attention that they deserve. And these companies, um, I'm sure you, all of you know, companies from Silicon Valley like Stripe, GitHub, Google, Tinder, Evernote, Asana, many investors like the Silicon Valley Bank, for example, or also our local heroes and unicorns like N26, um, Omeo, and many of the other tech heavyweights that we have here in the ecosystem. And of course, as the leading technology PR firm here um, in Europe, we help with all kinds of communication services. We're helping with public relations, social media, content marketing, influencer relations, or whatever helps to raise the awareness for our community, for the great entrepreneurs and investors that support our ecosystem. And today, of course, I want to talk a little bit and give you some insights how you can help your reputation to get more um, attention, to position yourself, and what it takes to bring your startup to the next level. And at the beginning, I have a quote from one of the leading venture capitalists in Silicon Valley. I think um, everyone of you know um, Ben Horowitz from the famous venture capital fund Andreessen Horowitz, and he said, a company without a story is a company without a strategy. And now you can ask yourself why a guy who is obviously a capitalist and invests money and is interested in internal investments does PR for PR. And uh, why a venture capitalist finds it important that you have a great story and a great reputation for your company. So first of all, when you look at the venture capital firm, obviously money is the currency for transactions, right? You buy things, you buy products, etc. But the important thing is that the currency for interactions between people, why people buy things, why people make buying decisions, why people decide to work for a company or buy a service or a product is obviously trust. And trust is what PR can generate for your company. And when you look at other alternatives and communications like Google AdWords, TV advertising, and other marketing channels, you see when you see recent studies that there's only one direction trust goes, it goes down because nobody trusts advertising and also the intention span goes down. So PR has a very vital role for companies and especially also in Silicon Valley when uh, investor does uh, due diligence firm, for example, they always ask you who's your publicist, who represents you. So PR, especially in Silicon Valley and the US in general, plays a very vital role. It's a bit 
different than here um, in Europe, where still uh, PR is uh, not seen as a tool that is uh, so important because uh, it's just from, from uh, our mentality that we say, oh, we want to let our product speak for us and we're focusing more on our product, not ourselves. But this is a very wrong assumption because a product can't speak and people are interested in people, and especially startups, that often nobody knows. They're starting on a blank sheet of paper. They just register a website. Nobody knows them. Reputation and understanding who is behind these companies is very important. And of course, many people in the investment were talking about valuations. And the smart investors, they know that, of course, on the one side, it's the numbers, it's the traction, it's what you bring on the table and how um, the business plan looks like. But 20 30%, like in every stock price, is also storytelling. So also when you're th going in an M&A process, for example, that's a very important part to think also about your narrative that you tell because that influences your valuation heavily. At the end of the day, it's also about the return on investment because um, when you have a situation where you, for example, make a Google campaign or TV advertising, what do people? People do research about you. People Google your name, people Google your brand name, Google about your product. And on the end of the day, um, the information that they find in trusted sources, in newspapers, in blogs, etc., that influences the decisions if they buy your product or um, um, decide uh, to subscribe to your service or whatever. And PR, and that is also a view why venture capitalists often uh, looking in this part, has also influenced not only if you can sell your product and has a product a good reputation. As we all know, we are in a war for the best talents, right? We all want to work with the brightest minds and win them for our companies. And employer branding is, of course, very important because, again, if you're a company that nobody knows about, then obviously people that can, in these days, decide for which kind of CEO they want to work and for which kind of company they work. If you don't have a good reputation and you have no, um, no opinion and no content um, out there, they can't make a decision to work for you. So it is also important. But also, of course, when it is about you want maybe suppliers, you want maybe um, um, other politicians, for example, that they um, know about your company because maybe it's a fintech company or mobility company where you rely also on policy makers, that's, of course, also important. And again, one of the most um, important things right now is really also to foster your recruiting process because especially um, in startups in Berlin, as you all know, that's a big fight for the best talent for the engineers. So right now, all the campaigns that we see, PR is a very important part also to focus here on employer branding. Um, and the, the big challenge often for entrepreneurs and, and uh, investors is to really find your unique communication point. So what is the one point that you want to focus on? Because um, the big challenge is here that there's so much noise out there and a journalist in Germany on average gets between 500 and 800 press releases per day. They get calls, they get um, approached at events. So the question is how can you really convince them in one concrete point? What is your one sentences? What is your party pitch when I meet you at a party and say, hey, what are you doing? Is the one, two, three sentences that have to explain to me that much interesting that I say, oh, that's interesting, tell me more about it. Or let's meet for an interview or things like that. And to stand out and to find your unique um, communication point is really also the difference if your startup is seen like everybody else, like in this case a bottle of water or brand like Evian, or to make another example, it's a difference between a cup of coffee or why people are willing to pay a premium price like for a brand like Starbucks. And this is 
not only for the startup, also for your personal brand, when you are on stage, when you are um, using um, your power to convince an investor or to convince an employee, that's really, really necessary to think deep about it. And we all maybe know the golden circle um, concept, um, why, how, what. Um, the concept basically says, when you think about your story and how your narrative should be built, start with why, and then, of course, think about uh, what and how you do it. But I think also that I mentioned who is doing it, so the, the personal aspect, um, especially from the founding team and um, for the people who are talking for the companies, um, the experts, that is also a very vital role. Um, and when you um, think that strong personal brand really add also value to the corporate brand, um, then we're thinking, of course, an examples like an Elon Musk, like a Jeff Bezos, uh, like a, a Steve Jobs. And these are, um, I think, very good examples because we now think, well, who's the Steve Jobs or the Jeff Bezos or the Elon Musk in Germany? Not so many ma uh, names come uh, to our mind in the technology world. And this is obviously a problem uh, because these are figures who are influencing the entire world and the entire ecosystem. And I just can encourage you to think about um, not only talking about your product and um, your latest invention and your price point and things like that, also show the people that are responsible in your company, give your company um, a face um, because, again, People and human beings are interested in what other human beings um, are doing and having a great reputation and a good personal brand really helps. And um, I think the, the, the example from Steve Jobs uh, is, is quite obvious because it's not only what you say and how you present yourself, it's also about consistency, a consistent me message to stand out. And um, I think when we think about Steve Jobs, we all uh, see him in his jeans and um, with this uh, black turtleneck, this like his signature style and or what we see with our great host with his fancy glasses um, all the time when we see him, right? This is things that people recognize, and um, even if they're drunk or if they're uh, in, in different conditions, there's something, that, oh, that's actually the guy who organizes these great events in Berlin, for example, right? So you do a lot of things right, so congratulations, but they're not, unfortunately, not that many um, good examples. Um, and when you stand for something, and when you have a good reputation, then obviously um, you become also a trusted source and um, that's what you at the end of the day want. You don't want to send out press releases and, and spray and pray. You want to stand for something that people reach out to you and say, hey, you are the expert for a concrete uh, topic. You are um, whatever, known as an, for example, investor in mobility topics. And uh, when I organize a conference about mobility, I need you um, on stage. Or you are the founder who positioned as the AI expert or uh, security guy or whatever it is, right? Stand for something that's very important, um, really that people have um, something in mind when they see you and see, oh, that's the guy who always did this or that's the lady who talked about always about this topic. That's very, very important that journalists, bloggers, other influencers see you as a trusted source and that you stand for something. And um, also, when you think about your personal brand and, and build it, um, Think about how you can communicate. What are the channels that you feel comfortable in? Um, is it maybe LinkedIn? Is it maybe Twitter? Or is it maybe um, YouTube because you are good with video and, and have a clue about it? So uh, find your channel and really be then also the media where people can find articles, find um, quotes of you, find statistics, find uh, surveys that really helps. And you will see if you do it, let's say, one, two years, um, very consequent and very professional, 
people will recognize it, people will appreciate it, and people will come to you instead of you have to pitch people. And I think that's the, the holy grail uh, that we have to um, achieve, that you stand for something, stand out, and be kind of the um, purple uh, milker cow. Um, but also, when we think about communication, especially with B2B companies, I often see um, that they um, having a hard time um, to explaining their product because it's often very technical and very facts and figures oriented. Um, I just can um, highly uh, recommend you really to think about how you can bit, be a bit more emotional, how you can emotionalize also uh, these topics. Talk not so much about the actual technology or uh, what kind of fancy um, uh, hacks, etc. you use. Talk about how it impacts the life of people. Talk about how it will might change the world, changing our society, how it will be have impact on the work uh, of people, maybe something on our climate, whatever it is, right? And I had my personal aha moment with a company that we work for with Asana, as they um, ask us uh, to help them. I mean, I think everyone knows sub, uh, Asana as a, a task uh, management um, a tool. There was a fund um, invested from Al Gore, and Al Gore has an, has an impact fund. So investing in companies who really um, have a kind of a green touch uh, and an impact on society and ask them, um, why this kind of fund invested in you and, and why Al Gore uh, thinks that you support climate change said, oh yeah, because uh, we, we make a contribution um, to a paperless office. I said, ah, okay, I mean, this may be not that obviously, but um, of course uh, you can see that. And I think there are many companies um, out there who can find a positioning and find a higher meaning, what gives the entire story a bit more emotions and a bit more value, and that when you pick up the phone and just have 30 seconds to pitch a journalist, that um, it gives you a bit more um, uh, context. And um, also very important when I see um, press releases or people position themselves, that you always also focus what actually is the problem also, what you're solving, right? Um, because this is the simplest form how storytelling work. You address a problem that exists and provide a solution. And often when you see press releases, texts that are um, uh, written for journalists, yeah, they explain what they're doing and, and why are they so great and how their team looks, etc. but they always forget to say, okay, and what kind of problem you're actually um, addressing and how you can actually help me um, to fix the problem. And when we talked about personal branding, even if you're shy and say, oh, that's maybe not uh, for me, etc., maybe you can find another hero for your story. Maybe it's your client where you solve um, the problem. Maybe it's uh, someone else. It doesn't have to be necessarily you, but it's important to have a hero in your story and maybe it's someone uh, where you solve a concrete problem. So um, to sum it up, it's very important to find um, a story that is um, obviously um, emotional. It is important to have a story that addresses that people on average just have eight seconds of attention span. Um, and it's important that you um, have a little bit sparkle, a little bit of stardust um, that helps make it interesting, make people curious and have some emotions in it. And um, very important also, um, because this is something when companies and entrepreneurs um, approach us, often also very common mistake is that they ask us how many journalists you have in your distribution list and how big is your uh, distribution list, things like that. But it's not, not relevant. It's important that you be clear what is really your target group because many entrepreneurs come and say, hey, can you help us to get featured in TechCrunch? 
I mean, of course, everyone wants a feature in, in TechCrunch, I get it, but is this really relevant for your company? Has this really an impact? Or is maybe your target group somewhere else, maybe reads more vertical media or financial press, or it's B2C media where it's totally irrelevant, yeah? So be clear about your goals, be clear about what, what you want to achieve, and don't spray and pray. And when you think about your story, don't think about PR means press releases. Press releases, of course, one channel and can be one tool, but it's not what solves actually a problem. Think about, a, as a, about from a great story, from a great storyline uh, that you develop, and think, how will this story look in 140 characters on Twitter? How will it look in a more private environment like Facebook? How will it look in a more emotional and uh, picture-driven environment like Instagram, for example? Um, but of course, also, what is the headline for a press release? But also, what are the influencers that should know about it that can send this message um, via their channels? Maybe we can engage with them and make them um, connected that they share it on LinkedIn, for example, etc. When you think about journalists, of course it's relevant to understand how journalists work, that they of course want things also exclusive and timely relevant, because in this moment when you send out a press release, it's just spray and praise, so every journalist knows, okay, if I have it, although 100 other journalists have it also, so exclusivity is of course uh, key, and then I think it's obviously that relevance and differentiation also um, makes then the difference. And still, I get many requests also from people who say, oh, do I really need uh, PR? Is it important to do it early on? The problem is, if you don't do it, someone else will tell your story. Because when your competitor does it right, and they are in an interview with journalists, of course the journalists ask, oh, um, what do you think about company X, Y, or Z? Or what do you do about the other thing about the company that does something similar like uh, you do? So that's very important to understand. If you don't tell your story, someone else will. And this is something that is very dangerous because where no informations occur, there obviously is a vacuum and your competitors will maybe fill it. So it's very important um, to have this in mind. And when you do it, also, not just focus on the outcome and, and count clippings. That's often not so relevant, say, okay, I want five pieces of articles, or I want 20 or 50. It's about the share of voice. Look at how big the market for your company and the journalists that are writing and covering about it is. is it overall, and what your share can be, and I think your goal should focus on this share of voice and not just um, counting clippings. I think it's very important to understand, to have a clear picture what the opinion mar market and the amount of coverage and, and uh, news in your, in your sphere that you are in is what is uh, the, f the coverage about your competition, for example, and then think about what you can achieve and don't be proud if it's what are five or 50 uh, pieces of coverage or mentions that doesn't say that much if you're not clear about how the overall opinion market uh, looks like. My last point is um, that is something a very, very missed opportunity is that often the visual storytelling part is heavily missed, and especially for B2B companies. Um, on the one hand, it's very cheap to do it because, I mean, on average, a photographer or a graphic designer costs maybe, maybe 500 euro, maybe 1,000 euro, but it makes a lot of difference in times where the budgets from editorial offices from media houses just go down so they don't have the time and the money to send you a photographer or hire um, a graphic designer who illustrates um, uh, your story. If you do it and can provide great visualization, that will immediately help and make the story much bigger uh, than it is. 
And just to give you a concrete example, even if you're a very niche B2B company, let's say a security company, with simple picture like that can make a story much bigger, much more visual attractive. And even if it's even more special, you say, yeah, but security is, for example, mo more generic. Uh, let's say I'm in mobile security. Even this is something that you can illustrate. So um, don't hesitate. Be open about thinking, how can I visualize my story? How can I can it be also visually more interesting and appealing that really helps to make a difference and get more space in a newspaper, for example, or make it more interesting um, to read in the end of the day. And trust me, if you follow these uh, simple tips that we talked about today, it will really make a difference and really drive your business forward. It shrinks sales cycles, it helps you generate attention, it helps you um, to hire the brightest minds for your company, it um, helps you to gain customers, and I hope whatever you decide for, if it's working with influencers, with journalists, with bloggers, so whatever you, um, uh, people, kind of people you build relationship with, with, it's very important to understand, it's especially in PR, about a long-term relationships and not just one-night stands. Thank you very much. Thank you, Marco, and have a nice day. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Global's podcast series. Music and production by Dirk Jacobs and 52 Degrees North Studio.